Acts chapter 8, and I'm going to start reading at verse 34. Stand with me, if you will, grab it in your Bibles or your smart device. Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 34, says this. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What keeps me from being baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, you can. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. Stop. They went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. I want to go back to verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. I want you to look at your neighbor and share this message with them, and then you can sit down, tell them, God is about to catch me up. Look at someone across the room. Ask him, did you hear what I just said? God is about to catch me. God is about to catch me up. Y'all be seated. You're standing up like you're expecting something. Uh, tonight, my text is coming out of the book of action. Uh, the only book uh, here in, under the New Covenant does not end with a man because we believe that the book of Acts is a continuum. It's not a historical account just for us to study, but the book of Acts is still being written in our lives. Do y'all believe that? Now, biblical scholars and commentaries, and you may have seen it even in your Bible, will call it the Acts of the Apostles. Well, I believe a more befitting title of this book, they didn't ask me, but I think the more befitting title should be Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's not the Acts of the Apostles. Because what can the Apostles do except it be by the Holy Ghost? And maybe we need to be reminded of that. Because it's possible to do church without doing God. There are a whole lot of temples that are in operation. But the word Ichabod has been written across the wall. I need you to look at somebody and tell them, I want the glory. I don't want the, 
I don't want your church programs. I don't need your events. I don't need your convocations, conferences, or conventions if it ain't going to be no glory. Y'all talk to me. All of this stuff that we call church. It's okay. All these nice things are okay. They're great. I love the tapestry of church. But more than tapestry, I want glory. Gas is too high if we're going to come over here and do this and not experience glory. This is not a networking event. We come to experience this ain't put me on doc it's I want the glory of God because that's a promise even though we've experienced God in the past the scripture promised that the reign of the latter house hallelujah shall be greater than the former I need to hear the sound of those who believe that the greatest day of the church is still in front of us Come on, I thank God for how he used bishop so-and-so. I thank God for how he used mother so-and-so. But the Bible talked about a lot of glory that could not be compared. So it's supposed to be a continuum, the acts of the Holy Spirit. Because some of us are so easy to be burnt out. And we quit every other week. It's because we're trying to do this, but with the arm of the flesh. Oh my God. I don't care what kind of degree you got. A degree cannot prepare you for this assignment. If you're going to do kingdom work, use your degree. Use the education you have. But you got to have an experience with God. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, it takes the Holy Ghost. It takes the Holy Ghost to deal with folk in this hour. It takes the Holy Ghost to minister to people's trauma while you deal with your own trauma. If you try to do it by your flesh, the only my flesh will fail you scream at somebody tell him it takes the Holy Ghost it takes the Holy Ghost I'm starting to feel like myself and so to the point after the resurrection Jesus did not abandon them without instructions he, he didn't just walk off of them he gave them instructions and that's why I always have an issue with people who say God is transitioning them without a destination. That's not our God. My season is up here, but where are you going? I don't know yet. <laughs> God comes with instructions. He tells them after the resurrection, he says, he says, he ministers to them for 40 days. Uh, and I'm going to preach a message soon called infallible proofs. Showing them evidence that I'm the same Jesus. In other words, they need this. You'll go through a season of your life where you have one confirmation after the other. One prophecy after the other. One witness in your spirit after the other. And I want you to know those days are necessary. Because when God gets ready to send you out into your assignment, there are going to come days where you're not going to feel the confirmation. There are going to come days you will have to serve in the silence of God. And you're going to have to hold on to what you heard when you were sober. Come on. Because when stuff start happening, it will make you forget what you thought you knew. So it takes, four, uh, takes uh, uh, 40 days to, to minister to them and tell them the instructions. Go to Jerusalem. Stay there until I endow you a power from on high. And what does he say to them? In Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, after. I know you would like to do it before because you're very zealous. But after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, I'm going to give you dunamis. 
I'm going to give you power. And listen what the power is. Listen what, what the purpose of the power. Because oftentimes in our classical Pentecostal and charismatic circles, we have minimized the power of God to the sign of xenoglossia or glossalia or speaking in tongues. We have minimized it to the shifting of our feet and, and how we jerk and quicken. And, and yes, the Holy Ghost will cause you to do those things, but what's the purpose of it? Because if you get the right drug, you can do some shaking. Y'all not saying that to me here. What's the purpose of it? How many, the Holy Ghost has to be more than my shout. He says, I'm going to give you the power that you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. He says, I'm going to give you power that you can be a bona fide witness. I miss testimony service. I really do. I understand why we had to take testimony service away on Sunday morning because so many people abused it and you gave us more information that was necessary. Oh, but I remember testimony service where the saints used to get up in victory. They would tell you how they prayed about it during Friday night deliverance service and how God did it by Sunday morning. They had power to be a witness. But now we are a culture of request without coming back with any praise reports we use our facebook statuses to vent and be a victim but i need you to ask your neighbor ask her what has the lord done for you my god it's hard for some of us to win anybody because we acting like it's not working for us but i heard the saints used to say when i think of the goodness the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me is there anybody in here other than me that every time I turn around he keeps making ways for me I dare somebody just get up and turn around and shout it keeps happening it keeps happening he keeps opening doors for me he keeps making ways for me I need somebody in this room that keep experiencing the miraculous hand of God open up your mouth and shout for what you and God know about There's somebody in this room. There are cessationalists. They don't believe in miracles. They said maybe it happened in days past. Maybe it happened in the age of the apostles. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in miracles. But without any assistance of musicians, if you believe in miracles, I want to see you stand up as proof in this room. No, for real. How do you know he's a miracle worker? How do you do? Now for real, come on, tell me how you, you, somebody told you about it. You saw something on TV. How do you know he's a miracle worker? Come on, push somebody and tell them you just felt, you felt one. Tell them, touch, touch, touch somebody. Tell them you just felt a miracle. If God hadn't stepped in when he did, I wouldn't have made it here. And when I said here, I'm not talking about Virginia. Virginia, I'm not talking about Chesapeake. If God hadn't gave me a miracle, I wouldn't have made it to August of 2023. Let me hear the sound of those who are walking miracles. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. And this is how we overcome. By the blood. By the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony. 
The reason why we need to keep testifying because the testimony is not just for the hearer. The testimony is for the speaker. My God. Every once in a while when I rehearse my testimony, I start crying all over again. Sometimes I start testifying. I get stirred up like it's the first time I heard it myself because when I testify, it's nothing wrong with my spirit. It's my flesh that has fears. It's my carnal nature that has an tendency to doubt God but when I testify out of my spirit my spirit man begins to talk to my flesh and I command my flesh to bless him because I declare if he did it before I wish I had somebody would help me finish I says if he did it before he'll do it again scream at somebody tell them rehearse the testimony stop rehearsing the trauma rehearse the testimony it'll build your faith hey, it'll give you confidence in God I wish I had somebody in here that knows him to be a doctor in the sick room is there anybody anybody here you know him to be a lawyer in the courtroom I'm going to ask you one last question is there anybody here know him to be a mind regulator So I'm going to give you, y'all be seated. He said, I'm going to give you power. He said, I'm going to give you power to be a witness. That when you testify, I amplify your voice. And it'll captivate the ears of the listeners. Hallelujah. I anoint you like I did, Paul. Where even King Agrippa says, hold up, be quiet. You almost convinced me. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I anoint your voice that you have persuasive speech. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'll make you the evidence. I'll make you the infallible proof. I need you to pull on somebody to tell them I'm the proof of God's goodness. Oh my God. I am a recipient. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm trying to finish Bishop Hart. I feel stirred up in my spirit. But I am proof of God's grace and mercy. Grace is what he gave me and I didn't deserve. But mercy is what he held back off of me. Every once in a while, you ought to shout because you didn't get the judgment. Hey, hey, I know you in church and got a title. But all of us haven't been saved since we've been saved. But if it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God. And they, and they got filled. They experienced the baptism or the immersion of the Holy Ghost. And they start walking out the assignment in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. He said Jerusalem first. And oftentimes, we'll start where he told us to start. And we'll try to camp out in our beginning and never walk into the fullness of what God has for us. Glory be to God. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, this is good. Tell him I'm not greedy. Tell him I'm blessed. Tell him this is good. But this ain't everything. This ain't everything. See, this is what happens. This is why many of us miss the move of God. Because when God does something special, instead of using what he did that was special as momentum, we make it a monument. Uh-oh. I feel a little tension in the room. No, no. God did something special. And he used somebody greatly. And instead of using that to fuel our faith, we stop right there. And we just keep repeating the same program. Using the same people. Doing the same thing 
over and over and over. And if you complain, they make you narcissistic. If you say anything, they say you're criticizing. But tell your neighbor, I want more. I want more. See, somebody in here, I'm, I'm talking crazy to 75% of y'all. But let me talk to the 25% of you all. You got a holy frustration. Jerusalem is good, but the assignment was not stay in Jerusalem. It was start in Jerusalem. And anytime you start making a movement, a monument, you miss the move. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I need you to tell your neighbor there are some more anointed people. You got to make room for the more. Hey, hallelujah. We gave you a space to make mistakes. You got to give somebody else space to make mistakes. We let you practice. You got to give somebody else space to make practice. Because after a while, stale water stinks. And Jesus says, believe on me as the scripture have said. And out of your belly shall flow rivers. And many of us are sitting in algae because we're living in ponds when God wants us to operate in the river. Tell somebody, I want the river. I want something that's moving. I want to be a part of something that's progressive. I am thankful for the past. But he says, behold, I will do a But because they would not move. Because what happens is, some of us are too comfortable to ever be available. And too narcissistic to be used. Because when you do this, you quickly get the revelation that it's bigger than you and it's not about you. Come on, this is convocation. Let's practice this. Somebody say, it's bigger than me, and it's not about me. It's humbling. It's very humbling to realize that for all of us who are anointed and wonderful, God always has a replacement. So be, be very careful with your anointed and arrogant self. Be careful with your gifted self. Thinking that it ain't going to happen if you don't show up. Die and watch what happens. God will never be without a witness. Don't y'all sit on me tonight. Y'all better talk to me. I said God will never be without a witness. You don't have to do this. You get to do this. If God would have let you die in the pollution of your own blood. What would have been the destination of your soul? So none of it is beneath me. I'll usher at the door with my elder title. Y'all not saying nothing to me. I'll park the cars as an evangelist. Y'all not saying, come on, talk to me. Because it ain't owed to me. There ain't no seat owed to me. I'm glad to be in the service one more time because he didn't have to let me live. Huh, you tell me we came through a pandemic we could have had a funeral program come on in your best picture but God let you live to make it the convocation there should be a hand clap in this room it should be a praise in this room so what does God do y'all be seated my introduction is always long so I expedite the rest of it what how does how does God ever move them out of Jerusalem all of us are talking about revival. We really want a revival. Well, some of us were saying revival when we really want an awakening. But we'll, we'll keep it revival. We all understand that culture to bring back alive again. Uh, 
that that was alive at one point. Now, we need a revival, a reviving. We're asking God for that latter-day move because I don't believe the church is going out like this. Now, yes, Jesus can come any day. He's sovereign. He can do like he want to do, right? Uh, I, I could be wrong. I don't believe it's just yet. I don't believe it. It could be. So we're going to live like it, it's, it's today, right? But we're going to keep working and planning as though we got another generation. We don't want to go sit on the hill. Well, ain't no need us trying. To, ain't no need us doing nothing. To do. Jesus is coming back. But your great-grandmother said it too. So we're going to live a holy life and pursue holiness as though he could come any moment. But we got to continue to work and prepare as though we may have another generation to prepare for the coming of the Lord. But, but how does he get them prepared? How does he, get, how does he stir the winds of revival of the New Testament church? Persecution. The catalyst of revival is, is persecution. And we in our present generation and culture have an unhealthy relationship with suffering. I believe the word of faith movement may have put a little seasoning on us in Pentecost. To make us have that unhealthy relationship. Well, Word of Faith gave us some great things. We decreed and we declared all of that wonderful language. But also, some in the extreme aspect of the Word of Faith movement told us that if you're suffering too badly, it's a manifestation of the lack of faith. If you're sick in your body, it's just because you haven't believed hard enough. And if you haven't financial challenges, it's because you haven't sowed a large enough seed. But it becomes a contradiction with us when we were faithful with paying our tithe. Oh, don't y'all leave me out here. And giving our offering. It becomes a challenge with us when we laid hands, we put oil on somebody, we gave them a prayer handkerchief, we had corporate prayer, and then we had to shout at their funeral. And you're going to tell me that God didn't rescue mother because she didn't have enough faith? She had more faith than all of us. We have an unhealthy relationship with suffering. Suffering for us, every time there's a moment of suffering, we feel like it's something to rebuke. Well, we may need to reconsider our theology with suffering. That suffering is not always something to rebuke. Sometimes it's something to endure. After you have suffered... A while, he said, "I'll establish you. I perfect. I don't want to hear the weak saints say nothing right here, but I want somebody here that you have to deal with something more than seventy-two hours. You turned around and it didn't change. I want to talk to somebody who gave their offering, they sowed their seed, and they still have to go through a little longer than you anticipated. And then Jesus says, "If you suffer with me." Come on, talk to me. What the Bible says. If you suffer with me, he said, you'll reign with me. I don't want you to talk to the weak saints. This is for the strong saints. I need you to run over to one of the strong people. Tell them, get ready to reign. Get ready. Dominion is about to hit your life. I come to declare somebody who's gone through one season of one hit after the next. Before you could catch your breath, something else came. I just need you to make a step and shout, it's under my feet now. Whatever was on your back is now. Now under your feet, it's time for you to reign. Time for you to reign. It's time, it's time for you to reign. It's time for you to reign. Come on, tell somebody in your section, it's time for you to reign. 
it's time, whatever's been on your mind God is about to put it in your hand it's time for you to write and you can go ahead and praise God for it you ain't got to apologize for it because you suffered for it hallelujah I need to hear the sound of those who've had to go through some things longer than you desire to hallelujah I come to declare to you by the time September the end of September get here everything is going to change for those who've had to suffer you're going to look back and say, it was good for me. Sorry. It was good for me that I was afflicted. I need you to run over to somebody and tell them, you had to go through that. I know you wanted to go around it. You wish you could have went over it. But you had to go through that. Dr. Vaughn, I feel God here. I feel God here. I need you to make sure you got somebody around you that's going to celebrate your coming out. You need somebody around you that's going to celebrate your victory. Scream at somebody. Tell them, I watched you go through. Now I'm going to watch you be promoted. I've watched you suffer. Now I'm going to celebrate your victory. Oh, come on. Oh, this is for all they have to suffer. I'm talking to you who had to suffer in silence. Let me hear those who had to suffer in silence. Oh, y'all be seated as quickly as you can. I'll get to my. Y'all be seated over here. You've had to suffer in silence. But put your finger on somebody's shoulder. Tell them, but God is about to speak for you. For all of you that had to pass the test of keeping your mouth closed when you wanted to get even. Hey. They talking about what they think they know. And you have to hold your peace on what's what's real and what you know. Tell your neighbor, God is about to speak up for you. There have been conversations in rooms that you were never invited to. But God is about to uh, shut up. Oh, shut up. You better jump up and receive this. You, I, you ain't got to know my name. I'm a prophet of God. If you open up and receive that, I just have not many days from now. You're coming out with the evidence of your suffering. Be seated. Be seated. I feel like Osha. God is about to speak up for you. God is about to speak up for you. That is it. God is about to speak up for you. God is about to speak up for you. God is about to speak up for you. Leave it alone. God is about to speak up for you. Leave it alone. God can handle it better than you can. Leave it alone. God is about to speak. He says, vengeance is mine. Seth. All of you who have to suffer greatly, you're about to be blessed greatly. All right. All right. All right. On your way to your seat, tell somebody he's talking about me. And so, tell you something is about to turn. 
And so, in the book of Acts, of course, one of the strongest moments in the book of Acts is the conversion of Saul. The reason why I say one of the greatest moments, because when we're introduced to Saul, we're seeing him as a persecutor of the Christians. But I'm so glad that he wasn't left in one chapter. See, there are many people who would dismiss you if they saw you in one chapter. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, turn the page. There's more to me than that one chapter. Yes, I got a divorce. Yes, I had a child out of wedlock. Yes, I messed up in church. Yes, what you heard might be true, but it's more to me than one chapter. people are keep on talking about that one chapter but we know this is one of the greatest moments and what they what we would call christendom because even today we talk we quote more from apostle paul in our preaching and our dialogue more than anybody really more than anyone in the scripture we quote apostle paul Maybe David after that, especially if we try to ascribe all the Psalms to David. But it's, it's Apostle Paul, for we know all things work together for the good of them. And although there's much debate about the book of Hebrews, most of us would still say that's Apostle Paul. We will ascribe so much of the literature. If God be for us, who can be against us? You know, so this conversion of the apostle to the Gentiles. It's a great moment in apostolic history. But then there's another gentleman. I think sometime uh, some gentleman that we kind of overlook in the New Testament scriptures. Like Stephen. Because when we start this chapter tonight, as I go very quickly to my text, we are, I'm trying my best, right? We are introduced to the, to the martyrdom of Stephen. Now, this is a little problematic because oftentimes we take the ancient scriptures. Are y'all going to put me behind me? I wouldn't do that. But anyway, it's your church. Listen, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, I'm right here. Amen. <laughs> Why well, go for the image where you got the real thing? Amen. Amen. That's right. I don't want y'all to get complicated now. Which one do we look at? When the fullness has come. Everybody else got to watch it online. Y'all right here. Amen. Thank you, media minister. Don't fight me. Don't fight me. Stephen, it's a little problematic for us. And I'm going to tell you why. We have created and built out this infrastructure of reformations and organizations didacting these terms from scripture but we're didacting we really not can't match it perfectly first of all is because the church never expected to be here this long so we become a it becomes a challenge for us what is a bishop what is an elder what is a deacon <laughs> and god knows i don't know this what is an apostle 
Because I met some people who are liturgical dancers and they says, I'm an apostle. So I really don't know. I really don't know. Come on, I'm not the only one. Come on, we really don't know who's a prophet and what's a prophet. Because we take these terms from the scripture and we're looking in the ancient world to people who are having church in the house. And instead of making it a lateral ministry where we follow one another, follow me as I follow Christ, we have created as a hierarchical structure. And now all of us are over somebody. You can't serve it. You got to be over it. And that's why people won't participate unless they're over it. And now we pride ourselves about how many people we got under us. But God didn't call you to be over them. God called you to serve them. over the choir. No, you serve the choir as its leader. I'm over the usher boy. We need to change some of this language because some of this language has created monsters. You coming? Who over it? Who over it? Jesus is over it. He's the head of the church. Stephen is a deacon. And the challenge with this is because when we look at the ministry of De- Stephen as a deacon, he's not just counting money. He's apt to teach and full of the Holy Ghost. Oh my God. When you're full of it, that means you ain't got space for nothing else. That means he ain't counting money and womanizing. Y'all not talking to me here. Hallelujah. Just because you're a deacon don't mean you're a dummy. I need you to talk to me here. If you're a deacon, that means the same thing that's on your bishop ought to be on you. Hallelujah. That means the same anointing that's on your pastor. You should be walking in it. Because how can you undergird me if you're not walking in the same stuff? I don't need an armor bearer that don't have the Holy Ghost. I don't need an if you're an adjutant and you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not an adjutant, you're an agitator. You're in the wrong place. You're annoying us and everybody else. I don't care how many cords you have on. I don't care how many pins you got on. And real adjutant, a real armor pair is somebody who can catch their leader in the spirit. Somebody know who's how to intercede. Not somebody easily offended. And want the spotlight. Sit down somewhere. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You don't see nobody but the preachers. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. I'm sorry I just had a moment. I'm not talking about my own bears. Amen. Stephen is a deacon. That's preaching the gospel. I don't want to get dive too deep in this. Because I believe we need to go back and redefine what preaching means. And the reason why we have so much debate about preaching in the church. Because we made the word preaching synonymous with pulpit. Well you have to realize the word pulpit was used one time in the scripture. And it was dealing with Ezra. Ezra who, who was a scribe. And the Bible says they built a pulpit. The word pulpit had nothing to do with the tabernacle. 
in the holies of holies. All right, I just want to deal with that because when I was growing up, they said, "Don't walk, don't you even, don't even walk up there, don't you clean, don't even vacuum up there." Because in the Bible days, if you went in the pulpit, you'll fall dead. Now it wasn't in the tabernacle. In the book of Ezra, it talked about a pulpit, which means tower of wood. What was the purpose of the pulpit? So the voice could be cast. I'm going to say this, and Bishop will clean it up later. Everybody is called to preach. You don't even need to have a meeting with your pastor that says, I've been called to preach. All of us are called to preach because the word preach means to proclaim. The question is, where has he called you to preach? Everybody hasn't been called to stand right here. Some of you are called to preach on your college campus. Some of you are called to preach and raise your children. Some of you are called to preach at the institution or the place you work. We've become so top and title heavy because everybody got to preach here. But who's preaching out in the world? Oh! We're trying to convince people who've already been convinced of Jesus. Stephen is preaching, but he's out in the street preaching, and he's preaching in such a way that it makes people mad. And the truth is, some of us are not preaching the gospel anymore. We become inspirational speakers. We become motivational speakers. We say what we think people want to hear. But there are going to come some days if you're really hearing from God, you're going to have to preach messages where the people sit there with their arms folded. You're going to have to cry loud and spare not. There are going to come moments where your sermon does not end with a praise break. There are moments where we're going to shut down the organ and we're going to all come to the altar and repent because the Bible said it's the foolishness of preaching. Huh. Whew. We're so afraid of offending people. But the gospel is offensive. And to the point, once he preached, they got mad. And God did not save him from death. So sometimes your faith will rescue you from your pain. Rescue from your circumstances. Sometimes your faith will help you endure it. Some by faith. Hallelujah. Abraham by faith. But then some by faith died and still counted God worthy of it. I need you to ask your neighbor, is God really worthy of it? Now, I know he's worthy of your hallelujah. And I know he's worthy of your dance. But is he worthy of your suffering? Is he worthy of you taking your plan? I'm going to come over here and talk to somebody over here. Is he worthy of you taking your plan and laying it down at the altar? Because you haven't been called by God until you've been inconvenienced by him. You haven't been, you have not heard God until God told you to go after church and apologize to sister so-and-so who you know should be apologizing to you. Oh, y'all ain't there. You ain't heard God say, you want to stay in your clip and keep being a victim and talk about what they said. But the Bible says if somebody got an order against you, you go to them. It takes a strong person that's connected in the Holy Ghost to say praise the Lord to people you know who've been having conversations about you. It takes a strong person in the Holy Ghost to be nice to people who hope you fail. 
I need you to tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, just because I'm quiet, don't mean I don't know. Just because I didn't confront you, don't mean I don't see you. It's the Holy Ghost that's been restraining me. It's the Holy Ghost that's been keeping me. Oh man, I'm past my time. Thank you. I'm, I really passed my time. St- Stephen dies. And through the persecution, Y'all be seated this time, and next time you stand up, that we will have to close, okay? It's the first night. Listen. Through persecution, the ministry multiplied. And it took me a minute to figure that out. Because God had me to start a Pentecostal church on the largest, how you doing, my friend? On the largest Southern Baptist church. Christian University in the world. I didn't go to school to start a church. I went to school to be normal. (laughs) I've been strange all my life. Look at somebody, tell them, you know you're different. Now, if they don't know, that means they're real different. They're real different. We who are different, we know it. But if if you don't know it, that means you're real different. I know I'm different. I've been strange all my life. So my thing was, let me go to school to run away from the calling. And I ran right into the calling. And a church started in my apartment right on the campus. And a move of God. And I thought that if I was doing what God told me to do, things would be easy. I thought a sign that this is the direction God wanted me to go. Where I would have favor with everybody. And everybody would like me. Some of you like enemies because enemies kind of affirm you. But some of us don't like the drama. There's some of us wish we could be anointed and anonymous. But some of us like creating haters that we don't have. Just because I didn't speak to you don't mean I don't like you. I might have been trying to figure out how I'm going to pay my bills. Everything is not about you. Some people love messiness. You might be sitting beside one of them tonight. Some some people love drama. But what y'all call boring, I call peace. I don't need to be in everybody's business. I don't need to hear what so-and-so did. I am good with sitting on my sofa, drinking a cup of coffee, and minding my own business. Child, I'm going to call you after church because I got that. No, you don't have to. You really don't have to. I'm going to be after church. I'm going to be asleep because I refuse to go through all of this church service and then lose it all in 15 minutes at IHOP. Y'all come out of these conversations. I'm talking to some of you leaders in here. Some of you young up and coming leaders. Stop letting people act familiar with you that they feel like they can plant stuff on you. Because those same people will never respect you. Then we see the rising of the ministry of Philip. Philip is ministering to the Samaritans. And if I had time to teach that class, I would talk about the complexity of him preaching the gospel to the Samaritans. I was just in Israel and the Samaritan community is still yet alive. They're still keeping uh, sacrifices in the street. On Yom Kippur, they're still putting blood on their family's heads during these days of atonement because they believe that they are the original strand. 
But God uses Philip to minister to him. And this is what the Bible says. The ministry of Philip was about hearing and seeing. And if we're going to be effective to this generation, hear me, hear me. If we're going to be effective to this generation, we got to, we got to fix it where this generation sees something. I'm going to tell you why. This is a Thomas generation. Now, you can criticize us if you want to. And you can tell us, oh, y'all, y'all just lukewarm. But you have to realize Thomas, hallelujah, he saw the crucifixion. Thomas saw the parents get divorced. Thomas heard the rumors about pastor so-and-so. Thomas watched some people that used to be Sunday school teachers walk away from the faith. Now, Thomas says, I want to believe, but I'm not going to believe until I see something. Because Thomas wasn't there. When y'all talk about missionaries so-and-so, we weren't there. So we're missing out. All we got is secondhand testimonies. So don't just give us a skate night without giving us a deliverance night. Don't give us children church with clowns and puppets, but don't give us the Holy Ghost. We need, oh y'all to shut down on me in here. We need an experience. Because if we don't get an experience now, we will go off to college and there'll be a professor or a Hebrew Israelite. Come on somebody. That will make us feel dumb in believing in the faith. And so look at the ministry of Philip. The ministry of Philip encompassed deliverance. He had a deliverance ministry. Where are the deliverance ministers? Where are the deliverance? I believe one of my daughters in the ministry, she's a, uh, she's a doctor. She's a, she does clinical work with mental illness. And we always are talking about the cross intersection between uh, counseling and prayer. But I want to remind you, believers, you don't abandon prayer for counseling. You couple it together. Now, I'm going to work with you on the altar and get that demon out of you. Now you need to go to counseling so you can figure out how to live without that demon. Oh, my God. Because if I just send you to counseling, you can't counsel a demon. My God. Oh, my. And that's why you'll be going to the same counselor for five years about the same situation. Because that thing got to be uprooted. Take your medicine when you need it. But some of you are medicating symptoms and not dealing with the root system. Oh, we're too smart now. We're too intelligent. We're too cosmetic for deliverance ministries. But I believe deliverance is still real. I still believe in putting people on the altar. I still believe in putting oil on the head. I still believe in bringing out the paper towel and the newspaper. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm wrong, church. Well, y'all ain't seen it. The reason why some of us have never seen it is not because Africa got more demons than we got. It's that our demons are comfortable. Demons sing on the praise team and preach in the pulpit and wear big hats. Our demons are not intimidated. We tell people as long as you don't tell us, it don't matter. And we wonder where the power is because there's no power if there's no deliverance. 
I don't want to just be touched. I don't want to just be moved. I want to experience change. And so revival broke out. Take this uh, iPad. Thank you. Uh, revival broke out. If God started using Philip among the Samaritans. Samaritans started believing and getting baptized. And, and then Apostle Peter, because we believe in accountability, that means you don't go out and start your own work without permission. <laughs> Amen. We believe in asking for permission. That's not control. That's safety. Amen. I ain't, ain't let no man, I, ain't, I don't need man's permission. And I don't need man's paper. Ain't you crazy? Because if you go to a doctor, you want a doctor that got man's paper. If you go to a lawyer, you want a lawyer that got man's paper. How much more if you're going to deal with somebody's soul, you need some affirmation in the earth. And the Bible says this. The Bible, I hope I'm not boring y'all with this. I promise y'all more. The Bible says while revival is breaking out, Apostle Peter and some of the rest of the apostles came to examine the work. Because before we install you, we need to see more than a Facebook page. Come on. You know, we want to see your works. You know, we want, we want to see your fruit. Because fruit don't lie. Signs can lie, but fruit don't lie. And you will know them by their fruit. They said, let's examine. Then they said, oh, wow, revival is breaking loose. Now they said, now listen, uh, 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 listen, you're doing good, young man. You're doing real good, but now you got these people believing, but these people need the Holy Ghost. And so I'm coming to, re I'm not just coming to bring you a check. I'm coming to bring spiritual reinforcement. Glory. We need leaders that bring spiritual enforcement. Come on. If you're a supervisor, when you show up, you should bring spiritual hallelujah enforcement and when they got there the bible says they began to lay hands on people and people got the holy ghost and then there's one member in the congregation that used to be a witch he said wow all of a sudden what he was delivered from that desire came in him to want that that power see some people don't want god they want power they want power. They want prestige. They want influence. And they said, and listen to what he said. How much? He said, what are you, what are you, what are you, what you talking about? How much can I, uh, how much can I pay you to get that? Get what? I want the same influence on people. Because see, many of us walked away from some things in the world like this witch did. And now in our mind, God owes us to be something special over here. But just because you're a school teacher don't mean we're going to automatically make you a Sunday school teacher. And just because you work at Wells Fargo don't mean we're going to put you over the finances over here. That means you must be willing to be brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so that we can know them that labor among us. And the Bible says, how much? How much? I'm sorry for getting me on a youth tonight. I'm sorry. How much? They said, what are you talking about? You want to buy this? He said, you can't buy this. He says, your heart is not pure. And I want you to hear me. Now, ain't nobody going to shout off for this, but you hear me. Not many days from now, from this congregation, God is going to start exposing the hearts of people. 
because if your heart is right you'll still stay faithful even if we don't elevate you if your heart is right you'll still serve the auxiliary if you're not the president of it when your heart is right if we don't call your name you don't get in your feelings when your heart is right you will show up to church even if pastor not there when your heart is right they rebuked him and then quickly the Bible says the Lord said to Philip Philip Go down to what Gaza. Without a whole lot of information. Just instructions. And he start walking toward Gaza. Not knowing where he going. Then he see a, an African sitting in a chariot. Hear me. This African in the ancient world has an Isaiah scroll. It's very important for us to see this. Because that tells us there were believers in Africa. Before there were ever believers in America. Our faith is not a European faith. My God. Not only did he have a scroll, he was literate in an ancient world where most people could not read. An Ethiopian eunuch who's reading the Isaiah scroll, a messianic scroll. And the Bible said, Philip walks up to him and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I know? Let somebody explain. Is he talking about himself or somebody else? And the Bible says, Philip preached Jesus. And they kept moving. Hallelujah. And they kept walking and talking. Do you have anybody in your life you can have Jesus talk with? I'm not talking about church talk. I'm talking about Jesus talk. I'm not talking about that dark stuff. I'm so tired of it. Oh, doc, how many members you got? Doc, how many people? How much money y'all raise? I need, I want somebody to just talk about, hey, I read this scripture the other day and that thing hit me in my belly when it says, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Ask your neighbor, do you have Jesus talk? And the Bible said, that he began to minister to him and they kept having Jesus talk and they were walking and then all of a sudden the Ethiopian said, huh, there goes some water right there. You were talking about baptism. Here's goes some water. What's keeping me from being baptized? And the Bible, hey, glory be to God. And the Bible says both of them went in the water. That's why in our church culture, we don't sprinkle because the Bible says they went down in the Bible says we are buried with him hallelujah hey, and we don't just sprinkle dirt on people we, be- we put them under glory be to God I don't want I don't want to baptize your legs and your hands stay out your whole hands need to be saved hallelujah your feet need to be delivered oh, glory be to God and the Bible says he got baptized and before the man hallelujah before the man could turn around and say thank you Philip the Bible says Harpazol Harpazo, number 712 in Strong's Concordance, took place. God caught him up. Before he could say, first giving honor to God and to possibly God. And I said all that tonight, my message was not about Paul, even though I talked about him a lot. It wasn't about Stephen. I talked about him a lot. But God told me to tell you this in Chesapeake tonight. Tell them I'm about to catch them up. 
Hallelujah. He says, I'm about to shorten the time. I'm about to speed up the process. I need you to get out of your seat and run over to somebody and tell them, I got somewhere I got to be. I've been behind schedule. There's a promise over my head. God has put a holy frustration in me. I got a charge to keep and a God to glorify. Lay hands on your neighbor's shoulder and say, oh, neighbor, God is about to catch me up. The year is not over. There's only a few months left. God is about to catch up my ministry. He's about to catch up my money. He's about to catch up my education. Run over to somebody and say, somebody, he's about to put you on schedule. He's about to catch me. Somebody. Somebody. You've been feeling delayed. You've been feeling behind. But God told me to declare to you tonight what you've been believing for for a long time. He says, tell them tonight in the 757, I'm about to do it in a short time. For he that will come shall come and will not tarry push somebody so he's gonna catch you up you're gonna be serving and when you look up you're gonna be in a different place somebody get up and move you'll be serving God what's in front of you you'll be serving God serving your children serving your ministry but when you look up tell somebody I'll be in a different place where I am it's not where I'll die where I am it's not where I stop this is not the end of my story it's just the end of a chapter get out of your seat and tell somebody he'll catch you up he'll catch you up when they look up you won't be in the same place that they drop you be not weary I said be not weary in well doing for in due season you gonna reap push somebody tell them this is your season you pushed everybody else you've served everybody else you've covered everybody else but this is your season he said I'll catch you up for all the seeds that you have sown for all the tears you have cried God said I'll catch you up look at somebody tell them it won't be long from now need you to run over to somebody tell them you can't die now y'all not moving go over to somebody tell them you can't die now cancel the funeral you've been feeling different this ain't death you feel this ain't death you've been feeling different you've been having dreams this ain't about your death this is about your transition he said I'm moving you from glory to glory and I'm moving you from faith to faith by the time you look up you'll be in a different place whatever was on your back 
is now under your feet. I traveled all over this world. I've been to Beijing. I've been to London. I've been to El Salvador. I got a church in Brazil and a church in Toronto. I've been all over by the grace of God. But out of all of my travels and out of all the stuff that I've been able to see, that's one thing I still haven't seen. I've never seen the righteous, righteous forsaken. No, his seed, baby, pray. You will not be disappointed. Pull on somebody, tell them you will not be disappointed for your shame. God said, I'll give you double. Somebody open up your mouth and shout for double. I'm going to catch you up. Because you got people to meet. I'm going to catch you up. Because you got things to do. I'm going to catch you up. The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I pray today's message has been a blessing to you and that you've been expanded and increased and you've been given the desire to walk even closer to God. If you've really been blessed by today's message, I want you to consider partnering with me that I can continue to get out quality content, inspirational, motivational and gospel messages because we know it's through the foolishness of preaching that souls are saved. When you partner with us, you're helping us spread the word of God, not just domestically, but internationally all over the world. And so remember today as you sow, that even though the money or the gift may leave your hand, it will never leave your life because you're partnering with something that's greater than you. We want to hear from you. If you've been blessed by our ministry, we'd like to get your messages. Send us an email. Uh, follow us on social media. And take this opportunity to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Remember, I know what it feels like to cry till you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up 